0: Good afternoon, this is Don Schwerer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast where uh, healthcare executives come and talk about their personal stories and also their leadership strategies. And with me today is Doug Cassidy. Doug Cassidy has a very distinguished career in healthcare. Most recently, he was the founder of Excel Marketing Partners, and uh, prior to that has held a number of very... Senior positions with a number of uh, top healthcare companies, which we'll talk about. I had uh, worked with Doug uh, a while back when he was the president of uh, e commerce for Allegiance Healthcare, and I can tell you with personal experience, uh, Doug is a very inspirational leader. He knows how to set a vision and then achieve uh, that outcome and make sure that he's got a very strong, cohesive team behind it. Uh, he's also known, uh, if you'll talk to anybody that's worked for Doug, is one of the best talent developers in the business, and as I said before, a very, very strong team builder. So I want to welcome uh, Doug and uh, thank him for joining the podcast.
1: My pleasure, Don. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I had uh, spoke a little bit about your history. I don't want to talk too much about it, but you've had um, very uh, key positions with an organization, such as the current founder that you've got with Excel Marketing, but Prior to that, you were the SVP uh, for Cardinal Health for eBusiness, um, Chief Operating Officer for Alliant Food Service, and then held uh, a number of positions for Baxter, with Baxter and also with American Hospital Supply, such as uh, Eastern Zone VP as well as VP of Sales and Marketing. Um, I could go on, but I'll pause right there and kind of ask you, Doug, Is with the career that you look back on, is there any uh, particular position that you enjoyed most? You know,
1: I, I, Don, I really enjoyed the general management positions. Um, specifically when I was president of the dietary products division at American slash Baxter. Um, it was a challenging business, but we had a great opportunity to build it and we did. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but you know, I enjoyed it because I worked my way up to that. And by that I mean I developed the skills in the prior positions to, Make me ready to assume that type of responsibility. I started out as a sales rep in Central Illinois. I had a number of hospitals I would call in on week in and week out, and I learned a lot from that. And um, uh, so, I would say the general management positions that I have. Well, tell me about more. It. Let me just add one thing: more line related, where I dealt with you know the salespeople. I dealt with marketing departments, and I dealt with the customers, as opposed to a staff position.
0: Right. Well, you say that you learned a lot of different things within those positions leading up to it. Anything in particular that, uh, that really helped your career?
1: I would, I would just tell you that, uh, you know, you started out as a sales rep, and I had a specific set of, uh, of goals and responsibilities, but as I, um, as I progressed up the line, those responsibilities expanded greatly, I had to deal with a lot of different people who had a lot of different personalities and who had various skill sets and uh, had to learn how to deal with that, how to place them in the right place in an organization and develop their skills and in kind build the organization. So by the time I got into the senior roles, um, I had had a lot of that experience in various parts of the country, and that helped tremendously.
0: Well, you had uh, you say you started as a sales rep and then worked your way up from there. Uh, from sales rep, what did you then uh, take on after that?
1: Well, let me say this. That, that I didn't join healthcare or American Hospital Supply until I was in my early 30s, unlike a lot of the folks that came into American Hospital Supply directly out of college. So I had some entrepreneurial experience primarily in sales and marketing, a lot of marketing, um, but uh, so when I got into sales, I knew all, I knew about it. But you know, I was dealing with medical products, and I had to deal with various folks within uh, you know a healthcare organization uh, to sell, to service, etc. And so you know that was different than when I was out doing some entrepreneurial things. Right. So each position I held started out as a sales rep. I then became a sales manager out of the Chicago region. Okay, I then uh, became a, a district manager. We opened a facility in Peoria, Illinois, and I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. That was my home at the time. Um, from there, I, I was sent down to Houston as a region manager, and that was the fastest growing market we had in the entire organization. That was back in the mid-70s, things were exploding down there, and they were exploding in healthcare. From there, I became an area vice president where I had several regions working for me in the Southwest, and then I moved up to Chicago in a general management role uh, where I had half the country reporting to me. So in each position, it required a little more experience, a little more uh, skills, but I will tell you the fact that I didn't come into the organization until I was in my 30s and the prior experience helped me a great deal, great deal.
0: And this is uh, back when uh, you look at the hospital industry. It still uh, did not have a lot of the regulation, if you will, that it has today with uh, Affordable Care Act and some of the uh, DRG reimbursement strategies that are out there. Um, I remember – go ahead.
1: I was going to say, it had none of that. Uh, That all happened uh, later, late 70s, early 80s.
0: So this was kind of uh, the Wild West. We could sell – Anything we wanted to sell, it was a, a fee-for-service type of business within hospitals, and uh, the better salesmen could sell more stuff to each hospital, if I remember correctly. That is, right?
1: that is exactly right. I think one of the things that made American Hospital Supply so successful was the sales organization that they built and mm-hmm. continued to build on its own. They, they went out and they found a certain type of individual that would go out and they could do the things that you just articulated, but they developed relationships. Uh, And from the purchasing agent, all the way up to a CEO in a hospital, in those days, you you, you know, you had the full run of the place and they built trust for the, uh, for themselves and for the organization. Subsequently, they were able to sell a lot of things and price wasn't as important as it was later on. And uh, they were very successful. And it, it, it really started American on a, on a growth strategy.
0: And I think you couple that, too, with the fact that um, there was a lot of reusable products being used in a hospital back then, and uh, American Hospital Supply helped to introduce uh, disposables and uh, also introduced what uh, we'll talk about next, which is really that private label uh, type of product that uh, allowed for a different strategy with an American, too. Um, I would agree with you. Doug, you were you were the VP of Sales and Marketing. I remember that clearly, and um, you really uh, developed a, a marketing team that uh, was one powerful team out there. And I think, uh, at least from my limited experience, introduced um, a brand you know a private branded strategy that was kind of unique in the industry. Can you talk about that a little bit? What how did you get into that role, and, and how did you build that team?
1: Well, I, when I came back to chicago after moving around in the field texas primarily um i was the vp general manager for the uh, eastern part of the country and um we a new president came into american and uh he knew that we needed to pump up our our marketing efforts you know the american hospital supply was primarily a distribution business so we would sell a lot of reusable products And uh, we helped kind of bring disposables into the marketplace. We also sold a lot of products from J&J and 3M and Kindle and, you know, what I would call uh, commodity products. We were a distributor for them. And they really dictated the terms of, you know, how we'd get paid. And uh, so we saw an opportunity to go in and say, you know, we can merchandise much better. We can merchandise our brand. We can merchandise the relationships our people have because we we really had share in the uh, U.S. hospital marketplace, acute Care marketplace. We had the, the lion's share, and uh, so uh, I was given the opportunity to say, "Let's go in why don't you go and take the position of VP Sales and Marketing." I think it was the first one we had, and let's see what we can build from there. And it was just logical that. If you looked at all the branded products that we sold, you know, because of our brand, American Hospital Supply, because of our people and the strength of hospitals, the hospital, there's an opportunity for us to, to go in and go to a lot of these manufacturers and say, let's private label these under the American Hospital Supply brand name. We had a great brand by the name of Tomac that was started by the original founder. And, uh, and then, of course, we had the American Hospital Supply brand. And that's kind of how we got started. But you know, the key to that was is that when I had the marketing department, it was just a few people who had been there for a long time. And uh, I really was committed to the fact that I was going to try to find this, the best people I could find in our organization who who wanted to grow, who wanted to get into marketing, had a flair for it, understood the product. To the point where, as we started to do it, we really built a great organization. And I wanted to have the marketing department An area that people wanted to fight to get into because they knew that it would would enhance their careers and develop them more. And, you know, we did it.
0: Any secrets to building the team? You needed to pick the right talent, Doug. But I also noticed that, um, you know, as I worked in your organizations in the past, you have an interesting way of making sure everybody is recognized personally. Um, you uh, you really helped to develop the talent that exists in there. Any secrets or any uh, particular attributes that uh, are unique to yeah. you in that?
1: You know what? Uh, the businesses that we were in, Don, uh, it's, a, it's basically a people business. Um, we didn't manufacture a lot. We had divisions that did that. But, you know, we were a sales and marketing business. So it's a people business. So um, you wanted to find the talent that had people type of skills, but on the other hand, you also wanted to build a culture. And the culture was about the people. You wanted them to have plenty of reward and recognition for everything that they did. You wanted to have a high set of standards that everybody understood that if they were going to be successful and survive and grow, that they had to follow those standards. And if they did, they, they would be rewarded and would succeed. If they didn't, then they were not a good fit for the organization. So um, it was really about people. And then the other thing was, is that as you develop those people and you set those standards, then they were attracting other people. All right. Saying, you know, you got to come into this. And before you know it, it takes on a life of its own, but it's about people and relationships and, and, you, and taking care of them.
0: And if you look and at developing. Yeah. You look at um, the talent that you brought in, Doug, they ended up being, many of them ended up being the top executives of the organization. they, at a career, they day. did,
1: it. And, and you know many of them actually went on to have very successful careers in other organizations, mm-hmm. primarily in healthcare. Um, you know, I can I can uh, remember a, a, a young manager we had up in Detroit, um, and he went on. He worked and worked in our organization. He left, and he ended up becoming CEO and chairman of McKesson. He's still there today. Yeah, and and there's other similar stories.
0: No doubt. Well, what led you um, from there? I know uh, you also went into Alliant Food Service. And what led you to the food service side of the business?
1: Well, you know, back in those days at American, we had several divisions. We had the American Hospital Supply Division, which was the big distribution unit. We had a, a smaller division, which was called Hospitex, which was really in the softwoods areas for hospitals, bedding, sheets, pillowcases, other types of items like that. And then we had a di- Dietary Products Division that had been around a long time. And basically, Dietary Products sold uh, food equipment and a limited uh, amount of food into hospitals. at had a separate sales force. It was a separate organization. And uh, I had the opportunity uh, from American to, and was offered the opportunity to become president of that division. And then I got excited about that. And uh, so that's how I got into it. And at uh, that particular time, healthcare was really changing. Group purchasing organizations had come in. They had really uh, cornered the market. All major hospitals and hospital systems were a member of some group purchasing organization. And, you know, if you were going to grow and succeed, you had to learn how to do business with those folks. So we had a lot of opportunities in dietary, but that's how I got into it. It was a logical progression in my career.
0: And if you look at... Um... That position, you, you were a president uh, within the American Hospital Company side, and then you moved on to Chief Operating Officer for Alliant Foods. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. i tell you it, how that happened. Alliant, which today is U.S. Foods, uh, well-known brand, obviously. Alliant formerly was Kraft Food Service. Kraft had a division that was in food distribution craft food service. My predecessor in dietary products um, had an opportunity, saw an opportunity, developed an opportunity to form a partnership with craft food service where they distributed food all over the United States, but very little into hospitals and healthcare. We had the lion's share of the healthcare market, not necessarily in food, but in food preparation systems Plates, all the things that uh, go into a hospital to be able to service and feed the patients, but very little food. So they formed a joint venture, and the joint venture basically said, Look at craft food service, we'll take you into hospitals, and you then can service their needs with the food products. So the goal was that dietary products would take the craft food service organization into a hospital under our name and brand and then craft then would provide the food and service the food deliver the food build the food and and obviously we were paid accordingly they craft food service then spun off that division craft did excuse me and a private equity firm out of new york bought them uh, clayton dubier and rice Mm -hmm. and um they once it they bought it. A lot of the executives from Craft Food Service obviously uh, went with the new company. They named it Alliant. and soon thereafter, uh, the executives and the uh, private equity firm and the new company realized that we were the fastest growing uh, part of the Craft Food Service business, i.e., healthcare. So they had initially, when they formed the joint venture years before, had negotiated a purchase option. Uh, it's it, somewhere along the line. So uh, once they got up and going and we really got going, they came to us and said, we want to exercise our option and we want to buy dietary products from Baxter. I was the president at that time of Dietary Products. We had a sales force of a couple hundred people and managers in the field. So the key was is that if they were going to buy it, uh, they wanted me to come with the the purchase with our organization. Mm-hmm. and then integrated into the craft or Alliance food service organization uh, across the country. That's how I became involved with Alliance. So the CEO of Alliance and myself worked very well together. To this day, we're good friends. And, um, you know, I, he wanted me to begin to take responsibility within the, in the Alliance organization. I told him that, that I'd be interested, but, we need to wait about six months because we have a, a, a project of integrating these two businesses together and our, our, our uh, we couldn't have been different in terms of how we treated our people, how we sold. They really didn't have much of a culture. We had a huge culture. Mm. And uh, so anyway, we did that. And at, at that point in time, they came to me and said, uh, we'd like to offer you the position of chief operating officer for Alliance, which I did.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting as I look at uh, all the things you've done, Doug, you've entered into these markets that are, are quite unique, but you're building a business, if you will. And uh, another one that uh, you, you after Reliant, you uh, were given the position as president of uh, e-commerce for Allegiance Healthcare. This was at the time of the dot-com craze. um and one of those that uh, I know as a hospital distributor, we were worried that uh, dot com could take over our business. What prompted you to take on that role, Doug? And, and well, also-
1: I uh, I left Alliance. It was, it was towards the end of 1999. Uh, we were selling the business, and so uh, it was time for me to move on. So I did, and I was. Uh, out for a couple, maybe a month or so, and I needed a rest. It was a hard hard assignment at Alliance. And uh, Bob Devon, you might remember that name, who was yeah, the sure. head of human resources at Allegiance, at came to me and said, we'd like to talk to you. So I met with Joe D'Amico. And uh, anyway, uh, they walked me through what was going on, and I, I certainly knew about the dot, dot, .com phenomenon because uh, we were experienced the same thing at at alliance at that time, um, so anyway, they offered me the position you know i'm I'm not a technology person i I did not grow up in in that side of the business, but uh, allegiance had a very good uh, and you might remember this they had a very strong um, technical side to that side of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and um so really the, the job was to uh, create a business within allegiance that was our dot com business okay this is what we're doing uh, allegiance was a uh, a, p- a public company however it was th- that they were then part of cardinal so um and the, the, i think the analysts and the, the markets were punishing them a little bit because they had stated a clear definitive uh, e-commerce businesses, how they were going to compete going forward. You might remember everything was going crazy at that time. Yeah, sure. And so they said, here's an opportunity for you to come in. You can build an organization, um, but we want to build the team that can take um, our dot-com business, our e-business, as we called it, and market it out to the, the marketplace and to the investment community. And we We didn't lack for technology or the systems. They were all there. We just weren't getting it out. So I thought, you know, big change from what I was doing. Um, and, you know, I thought about it, and I decided to, to give it a try, which we did. I, I think I joined the company right after by 2K in 2000.
0: Yeah. Well, you look back on the results, Doug. There were pretty good results on what uh, Cardinal.com ended up being, right?
1: It, it, it was. Cardinal had so many diverse businesses, Don. You remember that. You know, uh, they had Allegiance, which was the old American and a lot of distribution. And but they also had manufacturing businesses and their core business was in pharmaceutical distribution. Totally different uh, than, you know, the hospital side of it. So uh, it was a challenge. It was unique because each one of those different businesses had to be we had to work with. And uh, some of them had their own teams. Uh, but they we had to work with them to market it just as we were doing within the allegiance organization
0: right and you had uh, i know some very good marketers there within the e-commerce team and there was a comment clicks versus bricks at one point that's true. which that's
1: right you know you know we when we started to build the team uh, we we took talent yourself being one within the allegiance organization wound it in but i also had the opportunity To go back and look at some of our old executives who were were not with Allegiance, they were doing other things and persuade them to come into the business. And we did. And uh, that helped a lot, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, That led you on to uh, uh, the most recent, your founding position with Excel Marketing Partners. Um, You know, as you look back on, on your career, and, you know, I really do think that you've built a culture no matter where you're at. How do you build a strong culture in your mind? With an organization. It's kind of what I
1: said. It, 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 it's about people. It's about setting standards, setting expectations, and then really going out and try to find the people that are not only talented, but that can fit within that type of culture and help you build it. And that's what we did. And, um, and again, rewards and recognition. It was a struggle uh, in the Cardinal organization because they didn't do a lot of that. And I did. As did America, and you remember that. As did Allegiance. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, you know, we worked pretty hard to try to build our culture within the e-business side of it, and try to attract the right people, which we did, and uh, reward and recognition. But that's how you do it. It's all about people, in my my opinion. But you got to live it. You can't just say here's what we're going to do and then expect everybody to do it. I always stayed very involved with my organizations. Uh, I would follow up with our managers. Uh, make sure they had everything that they needed, make sure that uh, they were uh, being developed the way they should be developed, and uh, and that they were doing the same for their people. And uh, it, like in, in the dietary products business, I was in touch with those people all the time. I was out in the field. I traveled with reps uh, and traveled with managers. So the managers knew that they had support from the top, but they also need, knew that the, the top is also communicating with their organizations and you know, all of a sudden they see how it works and they 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 believed and those that didn't it didn't last a long time so that's how you build a culture and if you do it the right way you know good begets good
0: uh-huh.
1: and they they find other people as well.
0: True I also knew Doug that uh, you did a very good job of setting a vision and ensuring that it's clear and that uh, the team could uh, achieve the objectives of that vision too. And I think that was quite uh, unique in a lot of ways in what you did.
1: You know, we had a, Don, you remember, we always had a, a national sales meeting in the first quarter of a new year. And my belief on those national meetings was to reward and recognize, but to do exactly what you just said, you know, to, to set a vision for that this year that we're in and, and set the expectation level. And uh, we use those meetings to do that uh, in in a very positive way and, you know, reward the the stars, recognize them, and hold them up as what, uh, you know, we wanted our other people to do. We wanted them to be up there on stage next year. And
0: it worked. No doubt. Well, Doug, I know that uh, you're not only a father, but you're also a grandfather now. And you look, yeah, you look at uh, what is any similarities on what you're doing as being a grandfather and what you did in uh, your business world.
1: I think so. You know, as you said, I'm a grandfather. I'm not their father, Um, but you know what I, um, you know, I make sure that I I have three grandsons. Um, One is a senior in high school, junior in high school, and a a, a sixth grader. They're fine young men, but I make sure that uh, you know I'm a part of their life. And, you know, we talk about some of the similar things we're talking about today. But I will say that I think we did a good job of raising our son, and he married a fabulous woman, Sarah, our daughter-in-law. And Doug, Doug watched all this as he was growing up, what I did. He followed my career. And I had him, you know, come and visit us and attend some meetings and things so he could see it. And he learned that and he recognized it. And I'm proud to say that he's doing the same thing and he's raising his boys uh, similarly, but Mm -hmm. we see them a lot. We attend their, their sporting events and other events. And, um, uh, we make sure that they're an important part of our lives and they're good students and they're active in all aspects of their life.
0: That's good. Well, Doug, as we, uh, as we wind down on the podcast is, uh, Is there anything you'd like to share with a young recruit that uh, might want to follow the path that uh, you had created? Any uh, words of wisdom as young people come into the industry?
1: You know what? I'd say sit down and try to figure out what you want to do. Uh, Understand uh, the various options that you might have. Look internally to see what you think you'd be good at and maybe what some of your Developmental needs are. And don't be afraid to admit it. And then try to find an organization that really does a superior job uh, of, you know, fitting those qualifications. If I went to work here, okay, I know that they have this, 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 and that. Um, And then, and then once you get in, commit yourself to it, work hard, and build relationships. Relationships, there's no substitute for that. You know, I had. I had a a quick rise within American, and it it was because I had some wonderful mentors and uh, I was able to build relationships with them early on and I worked in some of their organizations and I worked hard and they knew it and they they pushed me hard they put me into positions that at the time I didn't think I was ready for but I did it and guess what I was ready for it and I developed and it just got better and better. So, you want to look for an organization like that, but believe in yourself and seek out somebody um, that you admire. Get their advice. Look for a mentor and uh, believe in yourself. Put your head down and go to work.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. You got to be confident. You got to take the chance and you got to take some risks, but go after it.
1: That's I, I exactly right.
0: Couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for for the time you you took today. It's, as always, a pleasure talking with you, and I hope that uh, uh, perhaps we can have you come back on again.
1: Oh, I'd love to, Don, and I thank you. It's been wonderful to reconnect with you, and I appreciate your confidence in me. Thank you. You got it.
0: Thank you so much, Doug. We appreciate it. And this is Don Schwerer signing off. Thanks again for joining our podcast, where top healthcare executives share their personal stories and leadership strategies. Thanks again for joining us.